Tips for Travellers provides inspiration, advice and tips about finding and having a luxurious travel experience. It covers destinations, transportation, accommodation, attractions and journeys. I'm Gary Bembridge and I launched the Tips for Travellers podcast in 2005 to share with travellers my learning on how to make the most of their time in every international destination I visit. For the last 20 years, I've been travelling almost every month of every year to exciting destinations all around the world. Thanks to my global marketing job, it takes me to destinations on every continent. The air miles I earn while doing that helps to take me to even more destinations for vacation. Tips for Travellers shares that learning. Visit www.tipsfortravellers.com for more information. Remembering that Travellers is spelt with two L's the UK way. Hi and welcome to this, the 80th episode of the Tips for Travellers podcast. For those of you that subscribe, thanks very much. And those of you that have had a chance to go to iTunes and leave a rating and comment, that's greatly appreciated. And next time you are on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it if you do that. That will be great. In this 80th episode, I'm going to carry on a theme I started last week, which is looking a little bit at behind the scenes and some of the things that go on to create that incredible vacation experience that we have and perhaps some of the responsibilities that we as travelers have. If you remember the last episode, if you listened to that, I spoke about behind the scenes, what goes on in a cruise ship to just kind of create the food, the safety uh, and and just loads of stuff around what goes on. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the implications of you know those thousands of people that are on board creating that experience. We do have to remember that luxury travel of course comes at a cost. It doesn't necessarily come just as a cost to us as a traveler. Obviously we have to pay you know our fares, we have to pay uh, you know for vacations, we have to pay for hotel rooms, whatever we have to pay. There's obviously kind of fares involved but there's a whole other thought and another theme which in fact was sparked by a Channel 4 documentary, Channel 4 being a channel in the UK, that ran a documentary really provoking the idea around the idea that crew members on board ships are paid really badly, treated really badly, and that's really enabling us to have these incredible vacations and keeps on driving down fares. The documentary was called Cruises Undercover, The Truth Below Deck, and it was based on two undercover reporters who went on board the Royal Caribbean-owned Celebrity Eclipse, a very beautiful ship. I've actually, on my blog, I actually have a review of that ship and a whole lot of photographs. Very beautiful ship. And basically, one of the reporters went as a passenger, and one of the uh, reporters signed up to basically be one of uh, the crew members working in the various restaurants. And the basic theme was that, you know, what cruise lines do is they pay really low wages to their crew and that's basically underwriting and creating affordable luxury cruise fares and what it argued is that cruise passengers are having this beautiful five-star hotel luxury and service but the crew are working incredibly long hours in fact almost unreasonably long hours for very low wages and basically they're helping to fund your cruise experience now many cruise passengers many travel writers many bloggers they all kind of took to cruise message boards, they took to blogs to argue that 
there was nothing new in this story and that all cruise passengers knew that most crew are from emerging markets be it India the Philippines wherever or increasingly from Eastern Europe and the wages that crew are paid were probably more acceptable in those countries and perhaps even unattainable in their home markets and they argued that you know retention rates of crew are surprisingly high on cruise ships you know close to 90 percent and so it kind of proved that this was not an issue and many of the cruise and passenger bodies also argued in response that this was kind of a flawed argument. However, I do think there's something that all of us as travelers need to think about, and particularly if we're going on you know, very, these very luxurious cruises, or even if we're staying in luxurious hotels or in various destinations and ports, and just thinking a little bit about the things that we can do that just make sure that the people who are really delivering the service or the people in a particular country are really benefiting the most from what we do. So it's not actually changing what we do, but just some small changes. So that's what I want to talk about. And it's really about how do we get much more of the fare that we're paying into the hands of the local enterprise, into the hands of the people who need it, not just the big cruise company or the big hotel company. Now, many of the most luxurious and many of the most premium travel destinations in the world, the Sydney I've been to and we've all been to, are surrounded by incredible poverty and poor conditions. So whether you're heading off to the Caribbean or perhaps where you're even going to say Cape Town, where you know you drive from the airport into town and, and you know it's full of shanty towns before that, or whether you go to Mauritius or you know the Maldives, wherever, there's a lot of poverty. At the same time as in many of these beautiful destinations, there are very luxurious uh, hotels and resorts. So I do think that actually if we're just a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more aware, there's a few things that we can do, whether it's before our trip, during our trip, or after our trip, whether it's a trip or a cruise, that we can make sure that we're actually you know, making things just better for the local population, the local economy. And it's not that I'm having some big kind of ranty, left-wing, whatever point of view. It's just thinking about how what we do has uh, better implications on and better impacts on where we're going to because in reality what happens is you know cruise lines are owned by big corporations or many of the resorts are owned by these big corporations and obviously their objective is to funnel as much of our fares much of our our money that we're paying back into the shareholders that's what they do um, so what what can we do now on this television show cruises undercover the truth below deck they they had uh, a guy on board a uh, guy on board a guy on the actual show called ross a klein now he's written a book called cruise ship blues the underside of the cruise ship and he commented a lot on the findings now he's written a, a couple of books so they are quite interesting where he talks about how cruise lines do pay low wages to their crew, but also how they have a very strong control over the excursions in the port, so which makes sure that they retain the vast bulk of the revenue. So not as much as possible does filter through to local population enterprises. And this is kind of their job. Their job is to obviously maximize return for shareholders. The other thing that we need to remember is that most ships will cruise under flags of convenience, which allows them to avoid their home country label regulations, so whether it's the US regulations or the UK regulations. So one of the ways that cruise ships, for example, keep cruise fares down is they don't register ships where they are based and they avoid the labor laws on things like minimum wages or working hours that apply in their home market. So cruise ships will usually fly what's known as flags of convenience, which means that they are registered in countries like Liberia or the Bahamas. So for example, at the end of 2011, Cunard registered all of their ships in the Bahamas instead of Southampton in the UK, 
which meant that they were bound by the laws of Bahamas, which are much less onerous and much less strict. Now, everyone that travels on a cruise and talks to the crew will know that they work on contracts from anything from three to nine months at a time. They work seven days a week for that whole period. They work for very long hours. It's a very demanding job. It's a very tough job. And importantly, they are the ones that are the face of the cruise. They're the ones that actually really make your cruise experience what it is. They are, have to be friendly. They have to be cheerful. They have to be helpful you know, by working seven days a week all the time. But, you know, retention levels are high. Repeat contracts are high. I've mentioned the numbers as high as 90%. So clearly, you know, a lot of crew are coming from emerging markets. Their take-home wages, even after you're taking account of the free board and food they get, are still below the minimum wages or what we would perhaps see acceptable in more affluent countries, whether it's Germany, the US, UK, France, Australia, wherever. So we would probably see these as, as, as less acceptable wages. However, clearly, people on the board the ships are seeing them as more acceptable but that doesn't necessarily mean that everything we we do makes it right so i think there's four actions that i think all of us can take that if we were combined would make a big difference and here's the things that i think we should think about the first one is stop complaining about having gratuities added to your bill now many cruise lines today have now set levels and they add them onto your bill so for example cunard do this and i think pno uh, cruise line, which is also owned by Carnival, start to do do that, and this basically ensures that everybody on the cruise is paying into the gratuities part, and it means that people are not skipping, say, the last night of dinner to avoid giving tips to waiting staff. And I've seen, you know, often on cruises I've been on where people have skipped the last night of dinner so they avoid having to pay tips to to the crew, and the crew rely very heavily on tips. So avoid, you know, just accept that the gratuities is added on. And we're all looking for a lower headline fare on our cruise. And so, you know, gratuities become an important part of it. It's effectively, you know, the, the cruise ship are making up ways, uh, other ways of, of making up the, the, the fact that they have to drive down the headline um, uh, level of our fares because we want lower fares. So don't, you know, don't complain about it. But saying that, my point number two would be tip, great service, even if the cruise line is adding gratuities. You know, auto-adding tips is a way of the cruise lines helping to have this lower headline cruise price. They guarantee a minimum wage to the crew, and if tips don't get to that level, they will ensure that the, the base is paid. So crew are guaranteed a minimum wage. But I still believe that why not tip people that are giving great service, so whether it's a waiter or whether it's uh, the, the guy or gal that's uh, you know cleaning and sorting out your stateroom. You know, bear in mind, these people are working crazy hours. They're working crazy days to make your experience a luxury. And a few extra dollars you will never miss. But if everybody, think about the thousands and hundreds of people they're serving, if everybody gave them a couple of extra dollars, think what difference that would make to the crew over time, over that you know three-month, six-month, nine-month contract, and clearly to their family. They're away from the family for a long time. So don't see the autogratuity as the end of the story. You know, really where people are being exceptionally good, you know, a couple of extra dollars will not make a big difference for you, but over time will make a massive difference to the crew. The third thing I would say and this is more esoteric, if you like, is we do need to challenge our obsession with low prices. You know, I don't know what we can do individually, but we're obsessed with lower and lower prices for cruises, lower prices for clothes, lower prices for food, and just about everything. And what we've seen is we know that ultimately it leads to bad practices and consequences. You know, paying you know $7, five pounds for a pair of jeans, we know because we've seen it has led to child labor and unsafe working conditions of workers. We've seen that, you know, demands for, say, cheap chicken has led to these 
awful battery farms and terrible animal welfare. We know, because we've seen it very well publicized, that our obsession with cheap toys has led to sometimes inexpensive and sometimes even dangerous paint being used on toys that could have poisoned our children. You know, cheap cruises will of course lead to cost cutting. It would lead to more pressure on wages. It will lead to more pressure on conditions. You know, as a society, we do play with consequences. So I think we do need to think, how can we over time accept that, you know, while we need to get good value for money, let's stop being as obsessed with low prices. I don't know how to how we're going to deal with that, but that's just a concept. And I, you know, saying that I still have a whole other thing about and on my blog and I've got podcasts about how do you get lower fares but it's really about something I think over time we need to think about the consequences of our actions it's about getting great value so that's probably more an esoteric one the other thing I would say which is probably more practical my fourth tip is why not try and support local enterprise at every port of call or when you're visiting a destination so for example Instead of booking cruise line cruises, why not do more self-tours where you hire local taxi drivers or you hire tour guides? Make sure you go into local shops. Make sure you go into the, the, the markets, to the stores, you know, the vendors. There are many sites like shoretrips.com or viator.com, many, many sites where they basically will try and make sure in, that they will offer you alternative trips and cruises where they're, where it's much more connected to local owned companies and you know local enterprise so instead of you buying your you know through the cruise line or buying through your your travel agent or 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 you know buying through the resort you're actually connecting with local entrepreneurs and clearly much more of that revenue will stay within the community you get the same great trips you get uh you know the, obviously what sites like this will do is make sure they've verified all the providers but you're actually getting much more money into the hands of the locals so whether you're going to visit Mauritius you know for a for a two-week holiday or you're going to the Bahamas for seven days or you're on a cruise why not try and think how can I you know support local enterprise much more how do I make sure I go to those stores I go to the local vendors and that's a small thing that we can all do and it doesn't take that much effort it takes a little bit of effort but we're making sure that you know we're still having a great time we're still spending money we may be saving money but we're just making uh, you know our footprint if you like slightly better you know the price that we pay for luxury travel isn't just the fares we pay it's not just the money that we pay to jet off on first class flights or business class flights or you know head off to these lovely vacation destinations and resorts it, it's, it's also thinking about how do we make sure that the local population those providing the service you know they're not effectively funding us what can we make sure we do that the crew the staff the communities are benefiting i don't think it, you know, I'm trying not to be too ranty, but it's just thinking a little bit about our consequences and what we do. We we obviously want to have great trips. We want to have great value for money. We want to have great experience. But there are things that we can do that just channel what we do uh, much more into uh, the you know the people who are actually creating that beautiful experience. People who are giving us the great service, and we're kind of rewarding that much more. So this is kind of a slightly different podcast. It's a little bit more thinking about the consequences of luxury travel, but something that we can all just do some small things, make a slight difference, and still have a really great time. In fact, you may end up having a great time because you might find actually you get even better service, you get even more enthusiastic service, you get even bigger smiles. Um, and that's certainly the experience. You know, some people would argue when you go to a resort or you go on a cruise ship, it's sometimes worth, you know, perhaps tipping a little bit up front um, because actually people will then say, well, this person really values what I'm doing and actually, you know, making even more of an effort. You know, that's another, perhaps I should have had that as a fifth tip. Anyway, 
that's my little thought for this particular podcast, podcast number 80. Um, we will start getting back to looking at some global destinations. And in the next series, we're going to take a look at some more unusual places to go across Europe. Uh, some really great and exciting places that you may want to consider uh, a little bit out of the ordinary, but still uh, close to where you may go to some of the more famous destinations in Europe. But until then, it'd be great if you visit the site www.tipsfortravelers.com. Remembering that uh, travelers are spelt with two L's. I've just revamped and relaunched the site, completely new look. So if you want to check that out. But very importantly, if you're listening on podcasts, it'd be great if you subscribe. And please you know that rating and comments makes a huge difference. And I'd really appreciate that. Until next time, remember, have safe travels. Have a great time. Tips for Travelers provides inspiration, advice, and tips about finding and having a luxurious travel experience. It covers destinations, transportation, accommodation, attractions, and journeys. I'm Gary Bembridge, and I launched the Tips for Travelers podcast in 2005 to share with travelers my learning on how to make the most of their time in every international destination I visit. For the last 20 years, I've been traveling almost every month of every year to exciting destinations all around the world. Thanks to my global marketing job, it takes me to destinations on every continent. The air miles I earn while doing that helps to take me to even more destinations for vacation. Tips for Travelers shares that learning. Visit www.tipsfortravelers.com for more information. Remembering that Travelers is spelt with two L's the UK way.